and I'm actually going to let go of everything that is frustrating me. Not just the people, but the situations. All the material things that I'm worried about, let me try to get rid of all the extra fluff that is just creating nonsense in my head, that is preventing me from having a clear thought in which I can explore my faith and I can explore my light and my love. God doesn't care about your money. God doesn't care about you spending a tenth of your check. He doesn't care about money. He has no use for money. You cannot buy heaven and you cannot buy God. You cannot buy love and you cannot buy faith. But there's one thing you can do to make God happy and to make God understand that you're one of his children. That is to smile. Welcome to the Rise Higher Podcast with Amos, the Praying Man. In every episode, we delve into the inspiring journey of finding motivation through the power of prayer, faith, and God's light. Remember that where there's a smile, there's hope. And where there's hope, there's faith. Tune in and let's rise higher together. Welcome to the Rise Higher Podcast with Amos, the Praying Man. I want to say thank you so much for being here, for being part of this show, for letting us know via the comments and all the support that we get on the downloads and the subscribers on YouTube that we're doing something good here. And it feels good. It really feels good right here in my heart because I know I'm reaching out to people because I know that the quality of the show every time is getting better and better. And we're trying something different on this episode and we actually going to try to record it. It's going to be a little bit of a test, you know, see how that goes and see if people like it. But most of all, I want to say thank you for sharing your energy with me, for sharing your time with me and to make this show possible. And I want to say thank you to the Father above for giving us today, for allowing us to be here, for all the good things that we're able to witness in the world. I know it is troubled times. I know it's times that are scary. I know that we can easily be feeling anxious and feel stressed feeling like these times, there's something different about them. And I truly believe that regardless of which times we find ourselves, there's still room for love and there's still room for life. There's still room for faith and there's still room for light. To the last minute, we can still love each other. We can still feel light. We can still have faith that not just us, but others are going to, at some point, forgive each other and come to be one. I think that we can do it. I believe that we can do it. If it only starts right here in this moment, if it only could start by you smiling, by you trying to make others smile around you, ever so slightly, we can change the world. Not just by praying, not just by being a good person, but and more importantly, by making another person smile. It is a daunting task to try and to change the world, but it's simpler when it's just making another person smile. And I know deep down inside that you can make not just another person smile, but that you can make yourself smile. And we can do it through faith. We can do it through prayers. We can do it through joy, the joy of praying, the joy of worship. And that reminds me, there's 
so many subjects to talk on this week's podcast that it was hard to choose. It was really, really hard to choose. I was trying to think, oh, should I talk about the Psalms? Should I talk about another story of the Bible? Should I talk about, you know, the days of darkness? Should I talk about the things that worry us? And on today's podcast, I want to talk about joy. Because I think that we already have enough news about impending doom. We already have enough news about political figureheads that affect our daily living. We already have enough shocking new developments that we find ourselves overly saturated with the doom, with darkness. And today, today we're going to bring light to the mix. Today we're going to find joy in worshiping. Today, you and I, wherever you are, we're going to find ourselves smiling. And if I can make you smile in today's podcast, then I have done my job. Because, and that in return is going to make me smile. So figure that. I think we can do it. Of all the stories of the Bible, of everything that we could have talked about, I want to talk about Psalms. P-S-A-L-M-S. Psalms. Because... I'm a poet myself. I I love to write poetry. I love to make beautiful sentences and things that create beauty through the art of writing words. And Psalms, believe it or not, are actually lyrical poems. We find ourselves in church and we find ourselves listening to others sing the Psalms or reading the Psalms. And we think of them, but we don't really break them down to the core. And I think that's something that we do here in this in this podcast is that we break everything down to the simplest of terms. Because I think God's message is not meant to be complicated. It's meant to be understood by everybody and it's meant to be enjoyed by everybody. Not just one that practices the same religion as you. Not just one that has all the money in the world. Everybody from the person that is working to the person that is driving to the person that is in the hospital getting better to the person that is alone in the house after having a big fight to the person that walked away after a big fight for the person that is special needs and cannot move by themselves this show and the smiles that this show create are meant for those people all the other people that don't have any trouble and they want to party up By all means, go and party. This show is meant for the ones that are ready to make a commitment of faith, to enjoy the worship, the ones that just want to smile. But before we talk about Psalms and their history, and I have one that is, I think, perfect, I want to pray. I want to, as we usually do it here on the show, right? We do an Our Father, we do a Hail Mary, and we do a Glory Be. So if you're driving, I just want you to listen to these words. And if you're alone in the house, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to lift up your heart and just pause for a second. Just pause. Just slow down and close your eyes with me and enjoy this prayer. Let's bless this hour we're going to spend together. Let's bless it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, it is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. We needed that. We needed that connection. We needed that moment of clarity. We needed those words of clarity, that promise that we do every time we pray. We needed that, Father. Without you, we are nothing. Without you, we won't smile. And I know that's why we were sent here, to smile, to enjoy, to learn our lesson, to fall and get up, to cry sometimes, to feel. That's why we're here, to be able to feel, to understand where things come from. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard. One of the subjects that I wanted to talk about was, why is it so hard to get the affection from the people we want to be loved by? Why is it frustrating to love somebody and not receive love in return? And I want to say that happens to everybody. Yes, I know. It happens to the best of us. Men with faith and without faith. Women with faith and without faith. Rich and poor. It just seems like everybody that we want to love don't quite return the favor. Don't quite love us the same way. And I was dwelling on these thoughts this whole week, and I'm like, how can I explain this that I'm feeling, this clarity that I have on this subject? And I started thinking about my own life, and I'm starting to think that most of the friends that I had and that I left was because I felt like they didn't love me in return as much as I loved them. I felt used. In some cases, I felt abused. In some cases, I felt that I was wasting my love on people, wasting my time, wasting my energy, wasting everything that is precious to me because they didn't love me in return as I wanted to be loved. And I ponder and I ponder and I was trying to think, I was trying to figure out why this happened, why I was feeling frustrated. I ended up realizing that we all find ourselves in different levels of understanding. We all find ourselves in different levels of love. How you figured out to love is different from what somebody else figured out about love. And that we are all like fingerprints, like snowflakes, very unique. Not just on the way we look, not just on the way we are, but also on the way we love. We are unique beings meant to be different. And because we are different, that means that the love that we want to give or that we're able to give cannot be the same one that we get in return. Why? Because we're giving it to somebody who is different than us. As simple as that sounds. Everybody understands love differently and everybody understands faith differently. That's why there's different religions. For some, they need more structure. So they go to a specific religion. For others, they want more joy, so they go to another specific religion. For some others, they believe on the values of before, and they go to this other religion. For others, they feel that religion itself is too oppressive. 
So they say, I don't believe in church. I don't need the church to have faith. And I'm going to tell you right now that every single one of them is correct. There's no better religion than the other. There's no worse religion than the other. We are all learning faith in our own way because it's what we need. Because we need different things because we are different individuals. So how does this relate to not being love in return? It's just that we want to get the same type of love that we give away. We want to get exactly what we give in the same shape and level. We want to be loved the same way in return. But it cannot be the same because we're giving love to a different person that is going to interpret that love in a different way. And according to their understanding and level of faith and spirituality and growth, is going to give us back that love. Now, it's on us to figure it out whether or not we want that kind of love. It's on us to figure it out whether or not we want to accept what is given to us in return by this specific person. But most of the time, we won't get it. And we have to accept it. And we have to wait whether or not we want to stay with this person or should we just try it with somebody else. And I think that that creates frustration. That creates hate. Because we're leaning towards the darkness. Frustration, hate, feelings of jealousy, feelings of darkness and heaviness. Because we're not being loved the same way. And this specific person doesn't love us the same way. Just the way we want to be loved. And sometimes we go as far as if we are in relationships with this person. To go ahead and suppress and try to mold them in such a way that it constricts their own expression of love. We find ourselves trying to squish and squish in such a way that we think is perfect. And I figured out that by doing that, by trying to change the other person to our liking, then we're abusing the other person. You see, it's like we try to have somebody who likes to draw and we try to make them architects instead of a cartoonist. Yeah, we feel like we're bringing them to the right direction by showing them, hey, you can be an architect, you can be rich, doing plans for housings and all that stuff, instead of drawing some cartoon character. So we try to encourage the talents and the uniqueness of the other person, but we try to encourage to what we believe is correct, instead of trying to nurture what makes the other person smile. And in doing so, instead of creating a smile, we create depression and we create confusion in somebody else's thought process, in somebody else's frequency. We find ourselves shaping others without really asking them, are you enjoying this? If the other person wants to be a cartoonist and wants to do silly pictures, and if that brings joy to their lives, we must respect that. We must respect the fact that they're doing something that they love. And for some others, for example, I have the story of somebody who I used to, I used to talk to, a very dear family member, actually. And we don't talk so much anymore. But the story is that he was the son or he is the son, actually, because he's still alive. He is the son of somebody who was a great businessman, a millionaire, somebody who's respected, somebody who is admired by others, and always thought about legacy, always thought about, I'm going to shape them 
in my own image because the way I lived my life was good to what he believes was good. And he put his kids in the most expensive universities and spending in tutors and everything that they could afford, a car, everything they could in order for them to be successful. And he had three kids. The first one, the oldest one, she was a female and she did exactly what this person wanted to do. This person, this businessman wanted her to be an accountant, to be somebody of business. But this person, even though she did exactly what he wanted her to do, he felt dissatisfied because she was a female. It wasn't good enough. He wanted a son. So he had a second kid. And this second kid went horribly. She ended up marrying somebody, a total loser. Even though she went to the university and got great education, she ended up marrying somebody who would abuse her and everything. So he was distraught. He's like, man, I need to have a son. A son would understand what I'm trying to do. So he banished the second child. Banished. They didn't talk for many years. And then, finally, he was given a son. Oh, he invested everything on him. He bought him everything. Everything he could possibly ever wanted, he bought and bought and bought. He provided all the education he needed, all the tutors he ever possibly needed. Sports tutors, study tutors, everything, everything. And this kid wasn't spoiled. He actually, when, when, when this person said, this businessman said, okay, you need to go to school and study business, he did. And he feared that he enjoyed business too. Oh, this businessman, he was amazed. He finally did it. He had a son and the son did exactly what he wanted to do and study on the same field he, he studied before. But the son had a friend and this friend introduced him to the idea of becoming a clown and he found joy. And in the very beginning, he was buying his own makeup and his suits and everything and he would have it hidden from his dad that he was a clown. And he disguised himself in such a way that he would have great grades in school, but he also, he would go on Saturday and Sundays, he will say, oh yeah, I'm gonna go play some sports. And what he did is that he would go to birthday parties and be, be a clown because he would find joy in that. He loved it. He told his dad, hey, I'm gonna go to a business convention in Mexico. And guess what? He went to clown school in Mexico. So overall, at some point, the dad found out and he was very displeased. He was crying, yelling to high heaven. What did I do wrong? His kid felt sad. He felt like he let down his entire family because he was chasing his dream. And then he asked me, Amos, what can I do to make my father happy? What can I do to stop being a disappointment? What can I do so I can stop loving being a clown and just be a businessman like my dad? And in return, the businessman, the dad, was asking me, Hey Amos, what did I do wrong with my kid? What can I do so my son can smile again? I'm trying to show him how to be a businessman and I'm trying to show him how to be better so he can take care of his family. And I told them both, make each other smile. Try to make each other smile. And they were asking me, how can I make the other person smile? And I said, well, first and foremost, you gotta remember that your father and son. And second, you gotta remember that the more time we spend loving each other, 
the less time we have for hate. And when we try to make each other smile, it's like trying to understand the other's position. And to make the long story short, what ended up happening was that the son ended up being a clown and a businessman. And the dad ended up accepting him and giving him a job in his own company as a businessman. And helped him help the son in his own clown enterprise so he could become a successful clown. Because at the end of the day, what they figured out is that they didn't want to be alone. They wanted to be in each other's lives and they were able to understand one another. And yes, there were many clashes and yes, there were many things that they could have done better. But at that time, it helped them in such a way to think, you know what, let's just, let's just understand each other so we can make each other smile. And they thought about it in its simplicity that they understood that we're doing something good for each other and for themselves. So we find ourselves in this middle grounds when we try to make each other smile we start thinking maybe i shouldn't be as aggressive maybe i shouldn't manipulate maybe i should understand this other person that is trying to live this life with me because as you realize there's not that many people that want to share this trip with you in the first place that are invested in you in such a way that they feel bad when they make you feel bad and they feel happy when they see you happy. And those are the people that you truly, truly want to take care of. Those are the people that you want to understand at a deeper level so they can find their smile. And in finding their smiles, we find beauty, we find connections. And that makes us aware that when it comes to God, he is trying to make you smile every single day that you wake up every single day that you look outside and see this beautiful morning the sunrise or the sunset and you see the beautiful small things of life a bird maybe some wind that is refreshing these are the things that in their simplicity make us smile because we can enjoy them because we want to be simple but we let ourselves be influenced in such a way by so many things that we become complicated ourselves. We become heavy instead of light. We become preoccupied about the wants and the needs and the bills and everything else that we forget that we need to have peace of mind to smile. We need to become simple in order to have faith. We need to become simple in order to love and accept somebody else's love just the way they can love without asking for much. Because you'll find out that there's going to be one or two that really want to be involved in your life. They really want to love you and they will try their hardest to love you the way you want to be loved. They might not get it all the time, but they are invested in loving you in such a way that is going to make you smile. Again, they might not make it Every time, they might not get you. They might get on your nerves. They might get you frustrated because you don't see eye to eye with this person. But when you think about, I really want to make them smile. And I really want them to make me smile. So let me be humble and receive their love how they want to love me. And I'm going to give them my love the way I can love. And let's try to meet somewhere in between. I think that's better than to be frustrated, 
and to be jealous and to be toxic to the other person and to abuse them into some type of shape that you want the other person to be because that's what you consider happiness. Usually, we find ourselves with these conundrums in life and instead of thinking in complicated terms, what we need to do is try to become simpler. Ask yourself, why do I love this person? Why do I love this partner of mine? Why do I love this family member? Why do I love this friend? Why do I love this job? What? How do I love? What are my expressions of love? And in return, because you're starting to think in simple terms, because you want to find out how you love, and you're asking yourself those questions, and you taking the time to be calm and to go into your inner self and ask those questions, then you are going to be brought to the answers little by little. And if you do not understand the answers, keep meditating, keep praying, keep trying. This is not a race. It's a lifetime journey. And once, little by little, it'll come to you, very subtly. It'll come to you, and you're going to understand that accepting the other comes with love. That everybody loves in different ways, at different levels. That everybody's reasons for smiling are different from yours. And that you have to find people, your tribe, that has the same interest, that has the same vibe and frequency than you. That you want people that support you and that you're going to be able to support them in return. Do not fall on relationships in which you are the only one supporting and you don't get anything in return, not even a smile. If you find yourself in toxic relationships, think about why you're loving this person in such a way that is leaving you crying, that is leaving you frustrated, that is making you feel jealous, that is making you feel like you're not worthy enough. And then you have to gauge whether or not you love this person so much that you want to invest my energy in this person. Or if it's better for you so you can love yourself and smile to maybe step away for a second or maybe not to be as involved in this person's life as you think you should be involved. Maybe you want to take one or two steps away so that way you don't spend too much energy and they don't feel like they're letting you down every day. Maybe instead of having a leash on somebody's outcomes, Maybe you want to have open arms and receive their outcomes with a smile so they don't feel bad whether or not they succeed or fail. We have to find a way to support each other. We have to find a way to smile more. If one smile a day, that'll be 365 smiles in a year. And I call that a success. We find ourselves in these places in which we have to give too much of ourselves in order to make somebody else smile too. And when we find ourselves giving way too much and maybe not receiving enough, then you truly have to think if this relationship is good for me, if this is a partnership I need to continue, if this is something that I'm doing that instead of making each other smile, you're codependent of each other. And praying and faith helps you with that. Because one of the good things about faith is that it builds your self-esteem. It makes you feel dignified of love. 
makes you feel like you're worthy enough of love because you realize that God loves you and God wants to see you smile. And our Father above wants nothing more but for you to be in heaven with them and to receive his love every day. And once you realize that, you know that you will be loving others just a little more, if not better, in a way in which invites change, in a way that you guys can vibe together, in a way that you can understand and support each other every single day, instead of trying to suppress one another, instead of trying to control one another, instead of feeling like you're not good enough. And this is what we do every single day. Who wouldn't want to smile every day? If you know your love by our Father, if you know that you want to be happy, then why wouldn't you try to figure yourself out first before trying to make other people love you? If you don't know how to love, for example, how would you require somebody else to love you if you cannot figure it out yourself? We can only request to be loved. We can only request for other people to make us happy when we ourselves know how to be happy and how to love ourselves. Praising God will teach you that because it's going to bring you to a place of happiness, inner happiness, in which it becomes very clear how you want to be treated, how you want to be loved, how you want to be accepted, and who you want to be accepted by. Very simple. So today I said I had a song. And for the ones that don't know, a psalm is almost like a lyrical poem, beautiful words. And most of them were written by big personalities back in the day, the day of the Old Testament, to be honest with you. And some of them were written by Solomon, for example. Some of them were written by Moses. Some of them were written by David. And there are about 73 in total. And people use this one's the Psalms in order to praise God, in order to get closer to Him by praising His name. And these Psalms are, is not, are not just meant to be praised, but are also meant to be synergetic, meaning to they also want to install a new frequency, a new energy inside of you through that praise, because these Psalms are meant to make you smile. And this is the whole point of the show today. <laughs> How can we smile? The songs are praises and beautiful words that are going to make you smile. And there's some praises that are meant to teach you about faith. Other ones are meant to teach you about the power of God. Other ones are teaching you about worship. And other ones are simply made to make you feel loved. And I think that's very important. I think that these hymns, these beautiful poems are made in such a way that create impact, that create a different energy and frequency inside of you. And these Psalms, all 73 of them, we can read every single day. They're not big stories. They're not meant to be complicated. They don't use complicated language. They're meant to be simple. They're meant to be understood. So if, for example, you want to practice your faith alone or with a few others, Reading a good psalm would be a good way to start the ceremony. Or it would be a, a good way to remind yourselves if you're driving, if you're at work, if you have some, some time for yourself, 
to go ahead and sit back and recite these words and create this feeling of happiness inside of you. And you will see that little by little you will start smiling because when God loves you, you can't help yourself but smile. So I picked Psalm 56 that talks about human relationships. It talks about people that want to bring you down and, you know, in, in more common words, the haters, right? And how we can pass those haters and find people that can accept us and love us the same way. So Psalm 56, it says, I think it was written by David, be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride, many are attacking me. I would invite you to think about these enemies, not just about people, but about situations that we find ourselves in. Sometimes it's not really people. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. So this enemies that David is talking about that are pressing him on are the temptations, are the flaws of our characters. He's not really talking about the people that are against him, but he's also talking about his flaws of character, these temptations that can bring him down, that can destroy him. And he feels that these temptations, these enemies, these people in some cases, are pressing him in such a way that are making him afraid. And they feel the attacks and he's becoming weaker. So he's asking for a little bit of faith. He's asking for a little bit of support from God. And that was the first verse. In comes the second. It says, When I am afraid, put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust, and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So he's saying, yes, I feel like my enemies are attacking me. Yes, they're pursuing me. But they can try and they can try. But I know that if I am with God, I am going to be whole. And I am going to be blessed. So if God is by my side, who can be against me? No mere mortal will be against me. He's not talking about body harm. He's talking about spiritual harm. People can do whatever they want to your body. They can talk about you. They can throw stones at you. But your spirit nobody can touch. And if your spirit is blessed by God and is touched by God, nobody's going to be able to break you. So he knows that if he lives in faith every single day, that nobody, as much as they hate, nobody can touch him. Because nobody else matters when you know God is with you. When you know all this light is with you, when you know your frequency is strong, they can try and they can try, but you're going to outlast them, every single one of them. And I think that's beautiful. And he continues, All day long they twist my words. All their schemes are for my ruin. They conspire me. They lurk. They watch my steps, hoping to take my life because of their wickedness. Do not let them escape. In your anger, God, bring the nations down. So he's saying, they're twisting my words, right? It's like when you try to love somebody, you tell them, oh, I'm loving you in this way, and you try to do something good for them. But then what they do is that they twist those words to make it seem like you're overprotecting them. 
to make it seem that your your love is just not right, that your words are harming them. And that's okay. That's their interpretation of love, of your affection to them. But instead of trying to continue colliding with them, knowing that they're using you, manipulating you, instead of falling on their conspiracies, instead we should ask God to take over that situation. Instead, we can say, God, please, I don't know exactly what I'm doing wrong. I'm trying to say all the right things, but I can't. Nobody's understanding me. And they're actually even using my words to cause harm. And now I feel sad when all I was trying to do was to make them smile. And that's being wicked, right? To use something so good and twisting it as to control you, as to make you feel bad, so they can manipulate you, right? And he's saying... Because they are wicked, I want you to bring them down. And some people interpret these words as, yeah, I want God to cause harm to others. But I would actually digress from that. Because if God is all loving and all powerful, why would I want to have him be angry and cause harm to other people that I don't understand? I think that we should, in fact, be strong enough in our faith that we remove ourselves from that situation. I think that God is so high and mighty and full of love and light that I wouldn't want to introduce anger in my relationship with God. I wouldn't dare to think of making him angry and use God as my revenge tool. If you really think about it, even though he's using these lines, I think It's a very human emotion to say, I want somebody with more armor than me. I want somebody with better tools than me to strike them down. When in reality, we are the weak ones, the ones that are panicking. Because even though you recognize these haters and you recognize these people that want to manipulate you, at the end of the day, the one that needs to remove themselves from the situation is you. If you have a toxic relationship with your partner and this partner abuses you every single day emotionally and physically god will show you and give you opportunities to leave that situation because he has compassion for you but instead of saying oh god you know i want you to strike this person as he's striking me i don't think i want to invite god to be angry to somebody else i don't want him to come down and punish people Because God is pure energy, why would I want to solely this pure energy with my own wickedness out of sheer frustration? So I think he's just giving us an example of the frustration that humans fall. And they tend to fall in this frustration because they don't know what else to do instead of removing themselves from that situation. And he continues, he says, record my misery, list my tears on your scroll are they not in your record then my enemies will turn back when i call for help by this i will know that god is for me so he's saying record my trials and tribulations record what i'm going through i want witnesses of everything that is happening i want my tears to mend something and he's asking to all these people witnessing this abuse this persecution Are my tears enough for you to do something about this? Again, he's trying to have other people now 
save him from that situation. And he's saying, if I show them somebody big enough, if I call for help, they can turn around and never come back. And so I will know that if my enemies leave, that God is there for me. And yes, that can happen. Usually we find ourselves in prayer and we say, God, remove all the people that are affecting me. Vanquish them from my life. And that's something good to ask. You don't want those nasty people around you. But I guarantee you that nine times out of ten, we are the ones that are weak enough to not let them go. Because if they're abusing you, if they're tricking you, if they're telling you you're not worthy, they tell you straight to your face they don't like you. Why do you keep trying to be in their life? Why you keep calling? Why you keep trying to shape them to your liking? Expecting one day for them to wake up and all of a sudden everything changes. It's not like that. God is not going to bring harm to anybody, but he's going to try to teach you how to remove yourself from there. The lesson is how to evaluate somebody that is harming you, that is causing chaos in your life, that is promoting frustration in your life, and how to remove yourself from that. And God is going to give you the tools to do that. And at the same time, he's going to try to make you understand that you don't have to feel hate for this person anymore because his energy is not pure, that it brings you to the darkness, that makes you frustrated, that keeps you from smiling. And he continues, David says, In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, and I'm not afraid. What can man do to me? And that's him returning to one, him realizing that these people that are creating all this frustration and tears and panic are not worthy. That if God is with him, all these people become meaningless. All this situation become meaningless. And he starts to realize that, that nobody can do anything to him that is going to break his spirit. He realizes that he's stronger now. He realizes that with God's love, he's whole. And that if the whole world doesn't want to be part of his love, and if everybody else is retired from his life, then we should be able to be happy and to be content because we have God's love inside our heart. And he finalizes with this. It says, I am under vows to you, my God, the promise, the Holy Father, the Hail Mary, the glory be, the promises of prayer. I am under vows to you, my God. I will present my thank offerings to you, for you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. So at the very end of this saga, of this story that he's saying, I'm being persecuted, I want you to strike them, I want you to destroy them, and then he realizes, you know what, just the sheer fact that God is with me, that is in my life, that is in my heart, that all these people it doesn't matter what they do, they will leave me alone. And if I'm asking God to remove all these people from leaving me alone, then I must accept that I have to leave them alone. And I have to remove myself from this situation. And because of this, I make a vow to God that if God is providing me with a way to be a better person, if God is providing me with a way to have a better energy, to maybe meet somebody else who's going to be worthy of my love and my affection, 
that I'm going to pay attention and I'm actually going to let go of everything that is frustrating me. Not just the people, but the situations. All the material things that I'm worried about, let me try to get rid of all the extra fluff that is just creating nonsense in my head, that is preventing me from having a clear thought in which I can explore my faith and I can explore my light and my love. And these are the vows to God. Let me smile for you. This offering, God doesn't care about your money. God doesn't care about you spending a tenth of your check with somebody else's. He doesn't care about money. He has no use for money. You cannot buy heaven and you cannot buy God. You cannot buy love and you cannot buy faith. But there's one thing you can do to make God happy and to make God understand that you're one of his children. That is to smile because you are one with him. He says, for you have delivered me from death. He's talking about spiritual death, about being pulled and confused in such a way by darkness that he wouldn't be able to wake up again in light. He's not talking about actually dying. He's not really talking about revenge. He's really talking about the human struggle and that we have to let go of all these people and situations for us to be simple enough to appreciate a smile because a smile is a true offering to God to let him know that you're doing okay, that you're enjoying the blessings that he gave you, that you are enjoying the time that you have on earth. And he finishes, he says, for you have delivered me from death, spiritual death, remember that, and my feet from stumbling, meaning that now he's stronger. Now that he went through this trial and tribulation and he knew that people cannot do anything to him because he's with God, he's made stronger. His legs are the foundation of his faith. He's stronger now, spiritually, so he cannot be shaken anymore. And he says that I may walk before God in the light of life, meaning from now on, let me walk and live in faith. Let me enjoy this life with faith, with appreciation, because even alone I have God, because even in darkness I have light, and through faith I am stronger, through faith I am happy, and because I am happy I will smile, because I know God is with me, and He enjoys my happiness, He enjoys what I have to offer, which may not be much, but he enjoys my happiness because he loves me. He truly loves me because he knows that I'm growing. Because he knows that little by little, I'm becoming a stronger person, a better person, somebody that can love in many different ways and can interpret the love of others in their own way as to make it special. And that is the lesson for today. That's why I always say, Remember to smile, because smiling is our offering to God, to our Father above. I think time has run out, but I am smiling. <laughs> I want to say thank you, everybody, for being here. And I know this show was a little weird because we're talking about smiling. But I truly want to make sure that you're smiling. Hopefully from these words, you have found some support. You have found some love 
And I know that even though you feel frustrated and you feel like others have harmed you, I know God has something better for you waiting, waiting for you. And that's why he removed you from that place of chaos. That's why he removed you away from that person. That's why you are being brought anew so you can enjoy a new life, a new way of being. And yes, you might struggle a little. You're going to dust off that dust, right? And you're going to band-aid those knees. But it's okay. We got you. God got you. The brothers of light got you. And if we live in faith, believe me, we're going to smile. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. I appreciate every single one of you. And share this with other people. Share the podcast to the people that need a smile. Share the podcast with people that need to be loved. We talk about all these things all the time. <laughs> this has been Amos the Praying Man for the Rise Higher podcast. I bid you goodbye, but I'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Remember to smile. Amen. Thank you for joining us in another amazing episode of the Rise Higher podcast with Amos the Praying Man. We hope you gain valuable insights, motivation, and a sense of purpose to elevate your life. Remember, the power to rise higher is within you and every day is a new opportunity to reach your dreams. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Your feedback means the world to us and helps us reach even more listeners in their journey to personal growth and success. To support our mission, consider donating equipment or contributing monetarily via PayPal. You can find the link in the episode description. If you have a story to share or in need of a prayer, reach out to us at LLC.com at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and TikTok. Join us again next week for another remarkable conversation with Amos, the praying man. Until next time, stay blessed, stay inspired, and let your spirit soar.